Welcome to the groundbreaking podcast that will reshape your life. Get ready for an inspiring journey of self-discovery and personal transformation. This is Redesign Your Reality with me, your host, the seasoned entrepreneur and spiritual guide, Randy Lyman. Hello, Secrets of Change. I'm Randy Lyman, and I'm excited to welcome you to a place where we embark on a transformative adventure together. On Redesign Your Reality, we're going to dive deep into the art and understanding of personal transformation and emotional healing. Are you ready to break free from the chains of limiting beliefs, unlock your true potential, and create a reality that resonates with your deepest desires? I've been on this journey myself for over three decades, and now I want to share my insights with you. As a successful entrepreneur and spiritual guide, I've learned that the key to a happy and successful life lies within the power of our emotions. But it's not just about me. Redesign Your Reality is about you and the incredible guests we'll be bringing on board. We're talking to experts who have mastered the art of emotional healing, manifestation, and spiritual evolution. Together, we'll explore the realms of possibility and provide you with the tools to embark on your own transformational journey. Are you ready to challenge the status quo, rewrite your story, and create a life that aligns with your deepest passions? If so, you're in the right place. Grab your headphones, open your mind, and join us on Redesign Your Reality. Because guess what? A happy and successful life is not a distant dream. It's actually closer than you think. Hello, I'm Randy. I'm here with Camille of Way Media and Marketing to talk about emotions and uh, whatever other topics she wants to bring up today. So I have the pleasure of being able to interview you today, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we love doing this. So Randy, yeah, let's talk a little bit about how, when is when are we too emotional? Because I've been told that I'm too emotional for my own good, that my emotions hold me back from having more success than I could have already had probably. Um, I've definitely been pegged as the emotional one in my family. So what would you say to those who feel like they're being criticized for their emotions? Well, first of all, what other people think of us is really should make no difference to us. We are who we are. Now, if we have a reaction to whatever they're saying, then there's an opportunity to look at what underlying emotion we can really dig deeper into and maybe find some healing in because we're having a response that's not natural. But let's go back to your original question. Your original question is, what if I'm somebody saying I'm being too emotional? Maybe you are being too emotional, but to me, that means that there's really emotions we're not diving into deep enough. When we try and suppress our emotions, then we act as if we're too emotional, which is the opposite of what one would think. So if if we have an emotional reaction, there's usually an emotion we're avoiding. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So somebody says to me, oh, I don't like your hair. And I go, okay, yeah, whatever. That's no big deal. But if I say, what do you mean you don't like my hair? And I have an emotional response. There's some other emotion underlying underneath that I have an opportunity to look at. I have a sensitive area. And if I'm sensitive to what somebody's saying about me, whether it's about my emotions, whether it's the car I drive, whether whatever it is, then that's an indicator to me that there's something else there, that an old wound that I have an opportunity to heal. Yeah, it's a trigger or a reactivation, I like to say, because that's really what we're doing is we're reactivating something from the past. And people have a wide variety of how emotional they are in life. So in my opinion, we should be as in touch with our emotions as we can. If I have emotions of joy, people are usually pretty comfortable with me expressing emotions of joy. If I have emotions of sadness, people aren't comfortable with that. But that doesn't mean I should be uncomfortable. 
I really believe we need to, to dive deeply into whatever emotion we're feeling and not suppress it and not just stay on the surface and not avoid it. Because it's going to stay there and in our body and our being in some fashion until we really get to the heart of it. And if it's a good emotion, it's easy to jump in and say, yeah, I feel really happy. But if it's a, a painful or, or a negative emotion, then we tend to avoid it. But that's not the best way to go about it. You know, I love what you just said. It really made me think about the fact that when we're really happy, we never apologize for being happy. But, but when we start crying, we apologize. I'm so sorry I'm crying. Like, I'm sorry I'm getting emotional. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Because that tends to make the other person uncomfortable. It also makes us uncomfortable. So why do you think that is that these emotions of, you know, that are just, I guess you could call them more negative emotions, but they're not really negative emotions. What is it about that that makes people uncomfortable? Because in some way it reminds them of their own negative emotions. So when I'm sad, it reminds them of their sadness that they don't want to feel because they're going to resonate with that. They're going to do, my actions are attracted to them in order to reactivate whatever they need to feel. And they don't want to be reactivated. They don't want to dive into those emotions. So if I'm sad, depressed, angry, frustrated, whatever that is, and then that makes them uncomfortable, I want to be considerate always. But if I'm being true to myself, and these are truly my emotions, and I'm expressing them purely without projecting anything on them and without trying to manipulate, then whatever they feel is really their own. And then they have the opportunity to either suppress it or acknowledge it or, or try and stop me from feeling what I'm expressing what I'm feeling because they're uncomfortable with their own feelings. But it's really about them. It's not so much about us. It's usually a reflection, right? Absolutely. Everything is absolutely a reflection. So you believe that there are negative and positive emotions. I want to kind of go into that because it's interesting to me. Depends on the viewpoint. If if I have fear that saves me in a life-threatening situation, that's not a negative emotion. If I have fear because of an old trauma, an old wound, then that could be considered a negative emotion. Does it make me feel bad? I would call that a negative emotion because of the way I'm reacting to it with my mind and the way the emotion was stored originally. So when we have an, an emotion, an emotion comes up for us, it is designed through evolution to save us from something. It's designed to protect us or to... Uh, motivate us to go in a different direction. So the emotion itself doesn't really have value, but if we put a label on the situation that we're having, like um, I do something I'm not supposed to when I'm six years old and I get a spanking and now I'm feeling shame and I'm, I'm hanging on to all that, that wasn't a helpful emotion to feel shame, for example. That's a negative emotion. It makes me feel bad. It doesn't help me be better. Now, does it keep me from doing shameful things? Sure, it's helpful in that way, but the way I hang on to it, it's, it's a negative emotion. Let's talk a little bit about emotions and success because I've been told specifically that my emotional nature hinders my success. What do you think about that? If it influences your decisions, it can. But it also, if your emotions motivate you to do more, then that's a good thing as well. People who aren't as successful as they want to be are always going to find a reason to say that our, our behaviors, our activities, our thoughts are limiting our success. Whoever's judging us for our success or lack of success um, is really judging themselves. They're projecting their judgments onto us. Now, again, if I'm making decisions based on emotions without some cognitive reasoning and without any intuition, then I'm probably going to make bad decisions and they're probably going to hinder my success. They're going to hinder my life in a lot of ways if I'm making decisions purely based on emotions. All right. So when you're acknowledging that someone, maybe like you see someone in the works, workplace and you say, I think you're being a little bit too emotional about this situation. 
is it always a reflection of their own or is it sometimes an objective observation that is trying to be helpful? How can you determine the source of where that's coming Depends from? Depends on where they, how they ask the question. If they ask, um, what are you feeling? It seems like you're having some emotion. That's pretty neutral. But if they say, hey, it looks like this emotion is a problem for you, that to me is judgment. And then the judgment is due to projection because of the person who's doing the judging has their own issues that are coming up. So, Randy, I don't mean to put you on the spot now. We're here to be, I'm here to be put on the spot. Last I checked, you were very successful businessman. So I would imagine that you've dealt with some of these emotions in the workspace and the workplace, <laughs> however you want to say it. So tell me, tell me a little bit about it. Give me an example of when this happened to you. I was very seldom judged for being too emotional. I was usually being judged for not being emotional enough. I had to make important decisions that involved hundreds of people. And so if I'm making a decision based hopefully on logic and reason or my clear intuition, then even if it's the right decision, somebody's going to be affected or triggered slash reactivated in some way that brings up an emotion for them. And it's easier for any of us, myself included, to always say, you are the problem. I'm having these emotions, but you're the, you're the problem. You're the reason. Well, they're the gift, but not everybody sees it that way. So again, I was judged for being too cold, uh, uncompassionate, uncompassionate, and not as considerate as I could be because of the decisions I had to make. And I didn't know at the time always how to deliver the message in a way that was as compassionate as it could be also. Mm-hmm. Now, anytime we're making a decision, we should be compassionate. We should be considerate. We have to deliver the message in a way that people understand why we made the decision. Uh, in business, we don't always have the time to do that. We don't always have the luxury of explaining ourselves. So I've been judged as being unemotional, where really my emotions at, at the time always were driving me with a concern for everybody involved. Where do you think that that judgment to call you unemotional was stemming from in those people that were pointing that out in you? Because they were afraid that my decision would impact them in a negative way in some way, and their emotions were being reactivated. I, just as other people are a gift to me by doing things that make me unhappy, so I get an opportunity to look at my emotions, the things that I do, the decisions I made, would reactivate other people, and they would have fear that my decision would impact them negatively in some way, and it brought up their emotions. It's just a normal part of being human. That's the part that we, at some time in the future, hope we acknowledge as humans that we're emotional and we're always going to have emotions, and our emotions are valid for each of us from our own point of view. They're absolutely valid. Are they appropriate for the situation? Maybe not, but they're still valid. And that's what we're feeling. When we, when we try and suppress our own emotions or try and suppress somebody else's emotions, it just becomes a mess. And I think that as we're able to become more comfortable with our emotions, each of us, then we're able to express what we're feeling without fear of shame or retribution or being judged. Then we can have emotions and still be logical and reasonable. <laughs> and that's the thing that people don't realize is when we're emotional... Sometimes that does shut off our logic and our reason, but it doesn't mean they can't coexist. And, and that's really what I've, that's what I learned more in my later years of running businesses is to be more balanced between the logic and reason and the decision and the delivery of the message with an, a more emotional, caring tone in the delivery of the message. That's what we need to learn as humans is to acknowledge our emotions, to be aware of them, to process through them, to acknowledge other people's emotions in a way that's not shameful or judgmental 
so that we can be emotional, get our emotions out of the way, and then we can make solid decisions. You know, you just sort of answered this, but I was curious, when you're making decisions, especially in a business setting, are your emotions neutral should they be completely neutral or is it okay to allow like especially with intuition right like if you're making an intuitive decision in the workplace like how does that i know this is a little bit complicated try uh, this triangle between intuition emotion and logic how does that all play into the decision making process it depends on our awareness of all of them if we're aware of when we're emotional then we can say okay our mind can say that's emotion i'm not going to use that for making the decision i'm going to acknowledge it I am fearful, I'm disappointed, I'm whatever I'm, I'm feeling. That's real. That feeling is real. Okay, once I'm aware of it and I label it, then I can make a logical decision or intuitive decision without being overly or wrongfully influenced by that emotion. If I suppress the emotion, it's going to push through and it's going to push into my subconscious and it's going to affect my decision. So when I'm aware of my emotion, then it doesn't have a negative impact on my decision. And then you talked about intuition. So it took me a long time to be able to discern the difference between my intuition and my emotion because they come through our body in a similar way yeah i was thinking the exact same thing like how can you tell which is which so emotion always wants to argue for its position the same as the mind does it always has a reason turn left because it's the faster way or less traffic whatever and, and intuition comes in as a quiet voice of wisdom and it says turn right and that's it the truth never needs to justify itself and intuition is the truth it's from a much higher perspective a much higher more clear source than we are and it it's not going to try and persuade us because it's going to give us free will and our free will is extremely important that's the rules of the game here on the planet and at the same time the the truth itself that it's speaking doesn't need any justification so it just speaks it it gives us that information and then we can decide if we're and we learn to and decide if we're going to listen or not so when intuition was new for me, I was like, what the heck are you talking about? When my, my partner back in the uh, 1980s, late 80s, early 90s, when she was helping me learn about intuition, it was so foreign to me. But through making mistakes and practicing and trying to use my intuition for making small decisions, I got used to it. Okay. I need to talk talk to you about this. So you were not really an emotional guy. <laughs> so and tell me about how you went from being the scientist, physicist, engineer, all these things to now embracing your emotions. What did that look like? It was huge. And it all started when uh, I met somebody back in 1989 and we spent three years together and, and she had been studying spiritual principles for 15 years and she was a very emotional being. And so she helped me see, she kind of slowly brought me into it, helped me see the emotional side of being human. Now that I've had 34 years to be immersed in that, because once I understood the impact it had, I just dove right in. And I've been really looking at my life through the, through the, the eyes of a scientist and the lens of emotion and cause and, and, and reaction uh, for, like I say, over 30 years. And the more I look at it, the more I see the evidence in my own life and people around me, I see the evidence that emotion has the biggest impact of everything. Now, our mind guides us through how much we, uh, how we process our emotions, how much we allow our emotions, what we do physically. It guides us in all those things. But if we don't find a way to embrace our emotions and acknowledge our emotions and work through them, then they rule us through our subconscious and they rule us through the law of attraction. So once I s had a few experiences 
that showed me how my world got better when I dealt with my old negative emotions and felt them completely and healed them. And a lot of times cried the tears. I know when men are like, what do you mean you cried? But yeah, I cried. I cried today when, when we started. It was really emotional for me to be here. And I allow my emotions to come through. And because I'm comfortable, I'm getting off track a little bit from your question, but this is important. You're getting a little emotional too. Yeah, I am because it's, it's made my life so much better. That's the thing. It's made my life so much better. When we can become comfortable with our emotions and other people are comfortable when we're emotional. When I was uncomfortable with my own emotions and I was uncomfortable being, uncomfortable being emotional, then the people around me were uncomfortable when I was emotional. They were mirroring back my feelings about my feelings. <laughs> and that's, that's so true. That's so true. And, and as I became more comfortable with expressing my emotion openly, then the people around me were comfortable with me expressing my emotion openly. And they didn't judge me. I was always worried. I grew up a, a little weak kid. It was always picked on. So I was always afraid of looking weak. Well, I found that when I was truly in my center and I was strong enough to be vulnerable, I was strong enough to be vulnerable, then people really respected me even when I was vulnerable because they knew I was comfortable. And so when I'm comfortable in my vulnerability, that shows strength. It shows that I am bigger than what people see on the outside. I'm bigger than my actions. I am a spiritual being here, as all of us are, who have so much value to give and so much emotion to feel and we're so complex that the labeling is helpful for discernment, but the labeling for judgment just really screws everything up. So again, when, when I became comfortable with my emotions and I knew that my strength didn't come from how I acted or how other people saw me, and my strength came from my connection with source and my knowing what's true and what's best for myself and everybody involved, then nobody was affected when I was emotional. They didn't respond negatively to that. I love that. And it's so true what you just said about a couple of things right now. I'm going to, I'm going to start with the fact that when you are vulnerable and when you're emotional and you're not afraid or feel shame for it, other people don't project that back. Right. So I think you're absolutely right. And then also the vulnerability piece of that. We're going to have a whole nother conversation about vulnerability soon, but go ahead and talk to me again about how, when you own your emotions, like let's say you're sad and you're crying, but it's maybe coming from a place of gratitude, right? Like as crazy as that sounds, you can literally cry these tears of gratitude. If you're not ashamed of it, the other person's not necessarily going to be made uncomfortable, right? Because they, they have no shame from within us to mirror back to us. And we have no shame within us to reactivate the shame within them. I love that. It's so simple. But yes, so powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's really simple. It takes a long time to get there, but it's worth it. It's worth going through all the challenges to let go of those old emotions to become more clear so that we don't need them to react to us. Mm -hmm. That's really what it comes down to. When we have emotional wounds that we at some level want to reactivate and, and release, then the world around us gives us the gift of reactivating those things within us. We let those old emotional wounds go because we've learned how to be more fluid with our emotions and, and we no longer have those old wounds we're hanging on to, then the outside world changes for us completely. 
You talk a lot about the law of attraction, right? You say, watch your words because what you say, you speak into the- Did you I know, say that? Yeah, you, all the time. <laughs> when we got here, I was worried we were going to fall down the stairs. And he said, do not say that because you will fall down the stairs. <laughs> so I know you believe in the power of words. And so talk to me a little bit about how you, you're big on we attract what we need. And people are gifts that allow us to process and act, reactivate emotions that need to be healed. Talk to me a little bit about how that happens. How does that really work? God, source, the universe interacts with us in two ways. One is good slash love always wins. When we go to a place of being good, of giving, of, of coming from a place of love to promote love and, to, and to, to create more love, then a solution is always there. So that's the first way. The second way God interacts with us is through the law of attraction. There's no judgment. There's no expectations. God says you have free will. And here's this playground where the only rules are love and whatever you think, do, or feel, or haven't felt, our emotional side, those three elements, that's going to be reflected back to us in some way, in some fashion. So nothing that we experience is random. Now, we have free will. The only things that override our free will is the choices our soul has made for us where it says this is what you're going to do. And there aren't that many of them, but there are some where our soul says, no, I've made this choice and we're going to do these things. Okay, And then if we choose at some level to do something that isn't in the best interest of ourself at our soul level or a mankind, then God slash source, source will override us and say, no, that's not best for you. It's like when we say, I want a new car, I want this exact car, and there's something better, a better car that we're actually going to enjoy more. Somehow the universe will say, no, you're attached to this. But if you're able to let go of this attachment, I'm going to guide you to something better. So we still get pretty much what we're looking for. But if there's something better in, in our best interest or the best interest of our, the people around us or the world, then source can override. But without our soul or source overriding, everything we experience good, bad, and otherwise, is a reflection of what we've thought, what we've acted on, or what we have felt or refused to feel that's emotionally trapped inside of us. So Randy, I want to get your take on something that happened to me many years ago. It was about a decade ago now, which is so insane to even say. I was pregnant with my first child. I was in New York. My husband was playing with the Yankees, and I would take the subway in and out of the Bronx, from the city to the Bronx, constantly trying to get to games. Being a pregnant lady, <laughs> I wouldn't always have people standing for me. I would, like, especially men, they wouldn't stand for me in the subway. And then I would have women stand up and offer me their seat. And I was just like, what is wrong with this picture? There's something obviously wrong here. I held on to that for a while. And then when my husband, he was actually struggling, he went through a slump, I made a comment, a quite emotional comment on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, because we, we know I'm emotional. So I made an emotional comment on Twitter because I felt like I needed to defend my husband. Because, of course, when you're on the state, like you're playing for the Yankees, there's a lot of eyes on you, a lot of criticism. So I felt like I needed to defend my husband. So I went on Twitter. I said something that then led to people going down the rabbit hole of looking at all my tweets. Okay. Clearly, the Yankees fans were not happy. Specifically, one woman was not happy with the fact that I had said something negative about the New York subway. And I was essentially canceled on Twitter before it being canceled was even a thing, right? So I actually had to delete my Twitter. 
I this is had a, had to. Well, wasn't I, an emotion, was not an emotional I, reaction. Not at all. So I want you to help <laughs> me understand. Help me understand how I attracted this, why I attracted this. Like, why was I bullied on the internet, oh, and goodness. how was this something that I attracted? <laughs> because I was clearly, clearly. Okay, bullied. well, if I wind it back, there's about three different things okay. I see where there's an opportunity for healing. Okay. Reactivated, triggered, whatever, uh, becoming emotional. We can call those things whatever they are. I'm just going to call them a gift mm-hmm. because they really are. So to start with, men not standing up for you. At some point in time, probably somebody in the past didn't stand up for you, whether figuratively, whether literally. And so you needed that experience of somebody not standing up for you, not acknowledging that you were having a hard time and, and you could have used a little assistance or a better situation. So that's the first part of the answer. That's, I love this. I don't know. I can't identify exactly a time, but let's go. Let's go through this and let's let's. Otherwise, it yeah, it's you're pregnant. You're challenged with some physical challenges that I can never understand, and you want to sit down, and that's fine. To s- be upset about it is different than saying, "Wow, this kind of sucks." This well, sucks. It, it wasn't mad like crying. Okay, but, but I was frustrated. Like, is chivalry dead? So, so here's here's something that we can expand on sometime later. Even just a little bit of frustration is still an emotional reaction. The emotional reaction is valid. There's no judgment about that. Mm-hmm. Just being aware of it. So first be aware that there was an opportunity to feel something underneath. Then when you tweeted about or somebody dug into your old tweets and found that, they reacted emotionally because they were afraid you were going to expose something about them. So their emotional reaction was valid for them. But there was some fear that what you said was going to affect them negatively, and they didn't want to look at it as a gift. Mm-hmm. And so then they reacted to you openly in Twitter to cancel, to comment, to do whatever they did. And then you had the opportunity to say, wow, that's really odd, or say, damn it, I don't like that, and respond in the way you did. And again, our emotions at every step of the way are valid. There's no judgment. that We're human. We are supposed to have emotions. That when we own them and say, okay, that's interesting. How do I look at myself? Which we nev- we haven't been taught in the past. When we say, okay, I'm, how do I look at myself when this person tries to cancel me and now I'm going to lose my Twitter opportunities? And then how do I feel about that? Well, again, the feelings are real. But when we just get upset and we want the other person to change, then there's no power and there's no gift. So at, at several levels... and. This happens every day in every one of our lives. There's layer after layer of emotional responses that are an indication of some old wounds, something old, be it small from 40 years ago or be it large from three weeks ago. The feelings are valid and the opportunity to heal them is real. That's a gift. So why you reacted, I don't know, but it doesn't matter because I'm not here to judge. I don't even need to be discerning. If you're doing this in front of me, then I can. I have two choices. I can be judgmental. What's your problem? You're being emotional, which is a reflection of my emotional state or my response. It has nothing to do with you. Or I can say, wow, you're being really emotional. I wonder why. Was it something I did? Is it something I can help with? Do you need someone to talk to? I can be discerning. Or this other crazy person is acting in a way that I don't feel safe being around them. Not you. <laughs> Let's clarify that. Somebody else. Eye emoji. <laughs> somebody else is being crazy and I don't want to be around them, then I can be discerning and remove myself from the situation. But what you talked about is as a normal human being's daily life of all these gifts that we get of being reactivated and then not wanting to own them because it can hurt to really 
feel those emotions if we know how to get there? And how do we even know without being taught and without having an example? How do we know how to get to those deeper emotional wounds and work through them? But you, you do believe that I attracted that woman. Absolutely. Even though you're close enough to, to physically hit me if you're not happy. Yes. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this transformative journey today. If you've enjoyed Redesign Your Reality, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if this podcast has made a positive impact on your life, we'd love to hear about it. Your opinion matters. Leave us a review and share your thoughts. Your feedback fuels our mission to help more people redesign and improve their realities. Until next time, stay inspired, stay empowered, and continue redesigning your own reality. Your support means the world to us.